thoroughly convinced that Brother Ricky Gravely hates me. <laughs> I, I thought I'd swung a deal with him this evening. He told me I was going to preach tonight. I said, whatever you do, don't, don't make me go behind Brother Joe Arthur. And I thought I had the deal worked out. If I had known it would have worked out like this, I'd have headed to Tennessee this evening. Praise God, Brother Joe. Y'all can be seated tonight. I appreciate Brother Joe. He's been a tremendous blessing in my life. Amen. Back several years ago, uh, for those of you who don't know me, and a lot of you don't, some of you are trying to figure out if you like me or not. I don't know a lot of you, and I'm trying to figure out if I like you, too. <laughs> but uh, Brother Joe heard a song that I wrote. Wrote it almost 30 years ago now. And we were in a meeting where he's preaching, Marion, Virginia. And he asked us to sing it. And after the service, he said, Has anybody ever, you ever tried to give that song to anybody? I said, No, we just sung it. Down through the years. He said, I've been doing some work with the inspirations. He said, I could hear them boys singing that song. And the next thing I knew, Brother Archie Watkins called me on the phone and said, Preacher, we'd like to record your song. I'm not ashamed to stand and say that I love Jesus. Tonight when Brother Morris and them started singing, they sang a song that just about killed the meeting for me. The blind man saw it all. And I'll tell you why. In 2006, I'm Not Ashamed was nominated for Song of the Year in Southern Gospel Music. But the blind man saw it all won. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't feel a lick of God on that when you sung that song, Brother Morrison. Not one ounce of God. I had one shot in life. One shot. And the blind man... Amen. You know, you know, I'm not bitter. No, I'm not bitter at all. Amen. One shot, man, and the blind man saw it all. But I appreciate Brother Joe, and because of that, down through the years, and a lot of folks have listened to my songs, and it's all because God gave him favor. And I'm glad God gave me some people in my life that's got favor, not only with God, but with men. And I appreciate that. I certainly thank God for it. Some of the folks talking about another song the Lord gave me. And some of the little girl back here said she loves to sing that song. It's under the blood. You never know when you write something how God might use it. But I give him the glory for everything he's done. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to say some things tonight that Brother Joe has already said, but he stole them from me. (laughs) Amen, Brother Joe. No, Brother Joe was preaching along the same lines that God had led my heart. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. I'll not be long before you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 7. The Apostle Paul writing... And he says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. 
We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Verse 15, please. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word and ask you, God, that you'd help me in this place. Thank you, Lord, for the good message that Brother Joe has brought to our hearts tonight. And, Lord, I thank you that you are a faithful God to be with us in all the situations of life. Thank you for these men of God that have gathered here. Thank you for Brother Gravely and the folks that have labored so hard in the meeting. I pray you bless them now in a great and mighty way. And, Father, we'll thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we ask it. Amen and amen. The Apostle Paul begins outlining some things in verse number 8. He talks about the fact that we're troubled on every side. And boy, don't that describe us in these days. We're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed about it. Isn't that something that you could be troubled on every side, but you're not distressed by it? And then he comes down, he says, we're perplexed. And I spend a lot of days... Perplexed. There's a lot of days I don't have all the answers. Matter of fact, I don't even know the questions most of the time. But the Bible said we're uh, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted. And certainly in these days, God's people are suffering under persecution. Uh, and he said, but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. And then he comes down in verse 17 where I really want to get to tonight. He says, for our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more and exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I began to think on these thoughts one day. Matter of fact, Brother Gravely, the reason he knew about this message, uh, he he was up in our part of the country some time back and had some vehicle trouble. He called my house. I was the only one he knew in that area. And he was stranded in Shady Valley, Tennessee, and you got across two mountains. You got across one to get into there. And the road that goes toward Mountain City is actually called the Snake. And they call it that because motorcycle riders like to ride it. And, and I heard his distressful call. And we went over, picked him up, and helped him. And, uh, and I began to share a little bit about this message is the reason he even knew about it. Several years ago, I was at home one uh, morning. I, I'd been studying. I was in my study. I'd been putting together a message. And it was a weekday morning, but it was a beautiful, sunshiny day there at my house. It was a spring day. And there wasn't a cloud in the sky. 
Wasn't no wind stirring, just a beautiful day. The birds were singing and the flowers were blooming. And after I got through uh, putting my message together that morning, I, I had to do some visiting. So I, I walked outside and, and it was about, I guess, 10, 11 o'clock in the, in the morning. And uh, I got in my little car behind my house and I was getting ready to pull out the driveway. Wasn't really paying attention to a lot of things that day. Had on my mind where I was going to visit. And as I started to pull out of my driveway, I had a little, at that time I drove a little four-wheel drive vehicle, a Suzuki Sidekicks, what I drove. And I got in that little old Suzuki, and uh, I'm going out of the driveway, and all of a sudden I noticed something on my windshield that I hadn't seen when I got in the car. And it was a little old bug sitting on the windshield about about that long, I guess, had long wings. And and uh, as I saw it on the windshield, it caught my attention as I'm pulling out of the driveway. And uh, of course, I uh, got interested in that little fellow. Apparently, he was enjoying the sunshine and uh, the day that was uh, uh, before him. And as I pulled out on the road, I started picking up a little speed. And I thought, well, he'll fly off. He'll, you know, he'll vacate where he's at. But a funny thing happened that day as I was watching that little old bug. You say, preacher, how, why would a little old bug be important? Well, I, the, the, over in Proverbs said, consider the ant. And if God's got His eye on the spare, I have a feeling He knows where the bugs are at too. And uh, the Bible, as I was uh, driving that day, I got to watching that little old bug on the windshield. It was almost right in front of where I was looking out the windshield. And the more speed I picked up, it seemed all of a sudden now that little fellow that had been there just enjoying the beauty of the day, he'd just been enjoying the sunshine. Now all of a sudden the wind is buffeting him and the wind's beating him. And matter of fact, as I'm picking up speed, that little fellow's struggling just to hang on to where he's at. I thought about how many times in our lives is our lives like that. You may be here tonight and the sun's shining in your life. You may be here tonight and there's no problems on the horizon, but uh, suddenly, without warning, there can come storms in all of our lives that will get us to the place that we're just struggling to hang on to where we're at. The Bible talked about for our light affliction. The, over in the book of Psalms, the psalmist talked about, said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Boy, I'll tell you what, if I, in my flesh, if I'd been writing that, I'd like to wrote it, many are the afflictions of the wicked. But the fact of the matter is, just because you're saved does not mean you'll never face a storm. Just because you're saved does not mean you'll never go through something that you didn't desire. But what will happen with you is that when you go through it, you've got one to go through it with you. I'm preaching on this subject. The title speaks for itself. On sometimes you feel like a bug on a windshield. Have you ever felt like that? I mean, that day I was watching this little creature and I'm going down the road and man, what had been a good journey up to this point now, he is just being beaten and he's being buffeted. And I'll be honest with you, I got to want to see how much he could take. (laughs) I know that was my flesh doing that, but I said I'm going to see what, see how much he can take. 
Man, I just kept giving the gas, and the harder I moved, the harder he got beat. And I'm going to tell you, I saw that verse right there about the inward man. Though the outward man perish, the inward man's renewed day by day. I saw it in a bug. He's going through there, and it didn't look like he could hang on. But after a while, it's almost like he's looking through the windshield at me saying, Come on, big boys, that the best you can do. Praise God. I'm glad there's a God that whatever we go through, I can't explain it. It's something that you can't put in words. But when you ought to be falling by the wayside, when you ought to be in a heap uh, uh, because of the troubles that you're in, something on the inside of you gets stronger. Something on the inside of you gets more strength. And hallelujah to His name. I'm glad when you feel like that little creature in a struggle for survival, there's a God that's able to help you in the midst of your struggle. You say, preacher, what should I remember when I feel like a bug on a windshield? Number one, remember this. Brother Joe hit this pretty good. No matter what you're going through, there's somebody watching you. Now, if you could think, if I could think like a bug, and I probably could because my brain ain't no bigger than that. But I got to thinking about that little old bug that day. He's enjoying the sunshine, and then suddenly he's in a storm that he didn't expect. And if I was thinking, I guess like a bug, I'd be thinking myself, ain't nobody knows what I'm going through. None of my bug friends know what I'm going through. Amen. Nobody, matter of fact, that day, there was nobody that saw what that little bug was going through except the one that had his hand on the wheel. I'm glad we serve a God. Amen. You may be in a darkness and you feel like nobody knows where you're at. You may be in the darkness tonight and you say, my, my, my wife can't understand where I'm at. My husband can't understand. My children can't understand. But I got news for you. There's one that's watching over us tonight. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you're at tonight. And I'm glad he still wants to help his children. Amen. I thought about that. I'm glad God watches his children. But he don't just watch his children. I'm glad he watches the enemy. Brother Joe, you was talking about them Israelites. When they came up to the Red Sea, the Bible said Moses raised his rod and the waters rolled back. And the Israelites began to cross over all that night. But a funny thing happened. The enemy decided to cross over behind them as well. And the Bible said that God looked down through the pillar of fire and cloud. And saw the Egyptians. I'm glad he's not only watching me, but he's watching the one that's after me. And the Bible said he took off the chariot wheels in the midst of the Red Sea. Now, I'm not a, a NASCAR fan. If you are, I'm not against that. If you like to watch them fellas... It's not really impressive to me, people driving a hundred and some miles an hour. You can see that every day in Atlanta. There's nothing impressive about that. You can see it five lanes wide going through Atlanta. But I'll tell you what is impressive. I have seen those races. What really impresses me is when them cars pull into the pit stop and them guys run out. And in a matter of seconds, 
They got that car jacked up, and every tire on it has been changed in just a matter, and that gassed up too, in just a matter of seconds. And that is impressive. But I'm going to tell you what's even more impressive. That we serve a God that's able to jack up the army of Pharaoh in the middle of the Red Sea, amen, and take off his chariot wheel. Hallelujah. Thank God for the day Pharaoh got jacked up by our God. Hallelujah. I'm glad for it, amen. Sometimes you feel like that little bug was there. He's struggling to hold on. And I know he was thinking, nobody knows what I'm going through. Have you ever been in a storm that you didn't even think God was anywhere near? I was in a storm like that. I guess it's been close to two years ago. It was whenever the ice storm hit Atlanta. Y'all remember when that happened? I know you had to remember it because it was like Armageddon down here. I mean, I, I was in a meeting in Lawrenceville, Georgia, scheduled for three nights, and we got the first night in, but then they called for the ice and the snow and everything, and everything just shut down. And me and my wife and family, we were going through a storm, some things not of our making, but it was one of them times where just a lot of crime, just doing a lot of crime, Brother Joe. You're trying to travel and trying to encourage other people behind the scenes. You're, you're spending a lot of time shedding some tears. But you know, I, I preached here a while back on God's tear bottle. I'm glad God bottles them up. He's keeping a record of them. He keeps the numbers, your hairs on your head numbered, and, the, and He's keeping your tears. But we were stuck in the motel room on that night, and it, our hearts was broken over a situation we couldn't fix. We was trying our best to fix it. We couldn't fix it, Brother Joe. And... Uh, I'll be honest with you, I was hurting bad. My wife, she was hurting. Finally that night, she was able to go to sleep in the room, and I couldn't sleep. All I could, all I could see was the storm and the trouble and the trial. And I, I thought, I, I'm not going to wake her up. I said, I'll get up. So I got up and went into the restroom area of the motel that night, and I was hurting so bad I couldn't even pray. I said, God, I don't seem like you know where around. And I couldn't even pray, and... There's been times that whenever I go through a pain, I don't know, for some reason when I write, it's just therapeutic to me. And I didn't plan on writing a song that night, really didn't. But I went in there, I was just trying to get some relief. That night, I believe if I could have took a knife, cut my chest open and opened it up and let the pain pour out, that I would have gotten some relief. But I couldn't do it that way, Brother Joe. And that night as I was sitting in there, I had my pen in my hand. And I, I said, uh, it's like God told me, I said, go ahead and write. And I, I, I said, God, I don't even know what to write. Yeah. And the Holy Ghost said, why don't you write how you feel? Yeah. I had to sit there a minute and think about how in the world could I put into words how I feel at 3 o'clock in the morning in a motel room in the storm of my life. And all of a sudden the pen began to move and I wrote these words. When the hurt goes deeper than the deepest place your heart has ever known. When you're standing in your darkest trial and it seems as though you're standing all alone. 
When the tears fall down like bitter rain And you're wondering if the sun will shine again In the midst of disappointment Look around, you'll find a faithful friend He's walked through my darkest valleys Shining light upon the lily by the way He has picked me up and held me when I thought I could not face another day. And when my heart had stopped its singing and my mind was simply searching for an end, I can tell you by experience I found a faithful friend. Hallelujah! I'm glad in the times of life where it seems like the storm won't leave. I'm glad there's a God that will be there with you in the midst of all of it. Hallelujah! When you feel like a bug on a windshield, just remember somebody's watching you. Number two, when you feel like a bug on a windshield, remember... Even though everything around you may have changed, what you're holding to hasn't. I didn't see a post that day, but I saw a bug on a windshield. And I said, here we are going down the road. And that little bug's looking around. He said, I don't even recognize where we're at now. This ain't where I started out. Everything's become a blur. I don't even know how I got in this mess. But every time he looked down, that that he had been holding to hadn't changed. Amen. I'm glad tonight, praise God. We live in a world that's ever changing. We live in a world where things are upside down. Sometimes it feels like things are a blur. But aren't you glad, praise God, when you open that blessed old book, it still reads the same as it did the first day I ever picked it up. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. We're holding to an unchanging hand. Amen. See, that's what I like about too. What he was holding to was really invisible. He couldn't see what he was holding to, but he could feel it. Seeing him as who is invisible. Amen. I'm glad that if you're holding to the right thing in the storms of life, what you're holding to won't change. I knew a little lady. I was just a young preacher. I wasn't even a pastor at this time. A little lady that used to be such a blessing to me. She was a little short lady, and her name was Annie Short. <laughs> There's an irony there in that she was short, and her name was Annie Short. But she was one of them little saints of God, little gray-haired lady that she'd praise the Lord. Most times she wasn't real loud or anything like that, but she just had a quiet demeanor about her. But the choir would get up and go to singing. And little Annie would be sitting back in the pew and the choir would start singing. The Holy Ghost would jump in it. Little Annie, she'd just she'd clap her little hands and she'd wave them in the air and she'd go, Whoa, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. And if you'd sit close to her, the Holy Ghost would jump all over you. <laughs> she used to inspire me. I said, God... I don't know what all she's got, but I'd like to have just a little dose of it. She was a great inspiration to me. And God, of course, called me to be a pastor, and I left out, and I lost track of her. She was up in years, and I'd been gone about ten years in my own pastorate. And 
And I'd heard that her family had had to move her to a nursing home an hour away in Bristol, Virginia from where we're at. And uh, so I didn't even know if she was still living. And one day we went up to the nursing home there in our town to sing for the residents and share the gospel with some of them. And as we were leaving that night, I was walking down the hall in the nursing home, me and my wife, and all of a sudden I turned the corner and there was a little lady standing there holding on to a walker in the, in the uh, hallway and she's just staring off into space. And she looked familiar to me. When I saw her, I, I looked at my wife. I said, that looks like Annie Short. Hadn't seen her in over ten years. And I didn't even know if she was still alive. And I said, I thought they, they put her in Bristol. She said, well, it looks a little bit like her. I said, I'm going to go see if that's her. And I, I walked over to where she was standing holding on that little walker. And I got down in front of her. And I said, Annie, is that you? And there was no response. It was like nobody was home. She just staring off into space. I said, Annie, this is Preacher Fletcher. Do you remember me? No response. She didn't say anything. She just stared blankly off in the distance. And I I thought, oh my, I'm mistaken. This is not her. She just looks like her. And I said, "I, I started to walk off. I was a little bit discouraged by that. And as I started to walk off, the Holy Ghost said, Don't ask her if she knows you. Ask her if she knows Jesus. I walked back over to where she was at and I stood there and looked her in the eye. I said, Annie, do you love Jesus? All of a sudden I saw a twinkle in her eye. And them little hands came up off the walker. I later found out she had had a stroke and couldn't talk. But I got to thinking about it. I said, things had changed in her life. She's no longer riding the church bus to church and listening to the choir sing. She's now in a nursing home where anybody hardly ever comes by. But aren't you glad, praise God, that what you're holding to, it'll work at the church house. It'll work at the nursing home. It'll work at the funeral home. It'll work at the graveside. Hallelujah. Have that we're holding to an unchanging hand. When you feel like a bug on a windshield, just remember what you're holding to hasn't changed. Number three, when you feel like a bug on a windshield, remember this. Whatever you're going through may not even be about you, but it may be about getting somebody else where they need to be. That day, that little bug on my windshield was going through the storm of his life. And it wasn't even about him, Joe. There was somewhere I needed to be in order for, to get me where I needed to be. He had to go through what he is going through. I've got a man in my church. As a matter of fact, he's a deacon in our church. But there was a time that he wasn't a deacon Matter of fact, there's a time he wouldn't come to church, but his little wife would ride our church van to church. And for 10 years or more, every service, she's just quiet, unassuming lady, loved God. Husband wouldn't come. Her boys wouldn't, wasn't in the house of God, faithful. And she, every service, pray for my husband that he'll be saved. Pray for my boys that'll be saved and be in church. Miss Mary was a precious saint of God. She was in her middle, I guess, 40s, maybe middle 40s. She got diagnosed with breast cancer. 
And of course, she went through all the treatments, and and she'd lost all her hair. She had a little hat she wore, and uh, she'd done done all the treatments. But I looked back one Sunday, and there sat her husband beside her. Her sitting there with the little hat on, and there he sat beside her. I said, "Well, I guess and she was losing the battle with breast cancer. We all knew it." I said, I guess he felt sorry, and, and he, she knew, he knew that her one desire was to see him in church. And I, I thought, well, he's, he's trying to make her feel good. I looked back the next Sunday, and there he sat again, right beside her in the pew. No movement from him, but we came in, I think it's maybe the next Sunday, and we got there at 10 o'clock. We start our service with a, usually a couple of hymns and then we turned them loose to go to Sunday school. And that morning, one of our preacher boys that led the singing got up and he said, We're going to sing How Great Thou Art, 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. We've not made it to Sunday school. We've not done any of the preliminaries. We've not made any announcements. We're just singing How Great Thou Art. And that day, it's like God turned over the Holy Ghost bucket in the service at 10 o'clock. And all of a sudden, it just like... When the Bible talks about and the Holy Ghost fell on all of them, I've seen it happen. Yes, sir, it happened. The Holy Ghost fell on us. People started coming to the altar three minutes after ten, filling the altars up. And I'm talking about by then, at five minutes after ten, I'm already given an invitation. And I said, there's some of you that's run from God for a long time, but it's about time you give it up. And I looked up, and there that old boy was, and he grabbed that wife by the hand, and he come down the side over here. And he was such under such a load of conviction, he didn't even make it all the way to the altar. He fell like he'd been shot on his knees right here on this corner. I slid in like I was sliding into home plate. I said, Lindsay, you've been running from God a long time. It's time you give it up. And by the grace of God, he whipped his way to Calvary that day. Got saved by the grace of Almighty God. Hallelujah to his name. Wasn't long after, wasn't long after he got saved, Miss Mary lost her battle here, and went on home to be with God. There's a funny thing now when I look back in the church. That little faithful mama for ten years prayed for her husband, prayed for boys. Now I look back there. That husband's a deacon. One of the boys is a trustee now in the church. Both the boys have got families and got little old grandbabies that Miss Mary never got to see. And now they sit on the pews and fill up two pews in the church. Some people said it's bad she went through that. I know it is. But I promise you this, knowing her like I know her, if I could ask her right now, was it worth it? And she could look back and see her family filling two pews in the church. Hey, saved by the grace of God, loving Jesus. Hallelujah. She'd say it was worth what I went through. Hallelujah. What you're going through tonight may not even be about you, but it may be about getting somebody else where they need to be with God. When you feel like a bug on the windshield, just remember this last of all. Whatever you're going through won't last forever. Just hold on. (laughs) That little old bug, I thought he was going to fly off. He didn't. I mean, I only had to go about three miles down the road. 
And after a while, I, it got to beat him so I just said, I'm going to ease up on him, man. I, so I, I eased up and that little rascal rode all the way. And I got to the destination. I pulled in the parking space. And the funniest thing happened when I'd done that. We come to the end of the journey, and you know what that little rascal did? He spread his wings, and he flew away. Hallelujah. Some of you going through something you don't think you're going to make it. Some of you going through something tonight you feel like it's going to take you under. Just hang on. Hallelujah. We're almost to the end of the journey. We're almost to the house. Hallelujah. Thank God. Just stay with Him. Amen. Just stay where God wants you to stay. And one of these days we're going to fly away. Hallelujah to Just hang on. Just hang on. Hang on. Hallelujah. You say, but preacher, the struggle's hard. The struggle's hard, preacher. I know it is. There's a lot of days I say, God, I don't know if I can make it. God says, yeah, that inward man, even though you feel like that outward man is just about gone, that inward man, I'm going to give you something. I'll give you this last thing. Last little bit, I guess last year, at the end of last year, a situation that I wrote Faithful Friend out of, it had been a two-year period of time. I'd been begging God to answer a prayer. And I'll be honest with you. I went out to my place of prayer that day, and I I just talked to God like He's my friend because He is. And I'll be honest with you, I I was aggravated and frustrated that day with Him. You say, preacher, that's awful bold. Well, there ain't no use you going to a place of prayer with some pretense. He knows your heart anyway. If you're aggravated, frustrated, and even mad about something, tell him. Tell him. And I said, God, I've been begging you for something good. It's not, I said, God, I'm begging you to fix something for some people I love that I can't fix. And I said, I've run myself to death all over the country trying to help people, encourage people. And God, I've prayed for two years and you've not done one thing with this situation. And all of a sudden the Holy Ghost said, you're right, son. I haven't answered your prayer in the way you've prayed it. But you're badly mistaken in the fact that I've not done anything for the last two years. I said, oh, really? What have you done? I said, the hardest days of my life, I've walked them. And he said, yeah, if you'll turn around and look over your shoulder, every step you took in the darkest days of your life, it was my grace that carried you every step of the way. I said, God, you're right. You're exactly right. I said, God, I'm sorry. Amen. I falsely accused you. I said, you hadn't done nothing. I went back in the house and there that pen was again, getting that pain out. There are many days that I have prayed through my trials here, waiting for an answer, hoping through my tears. And in my disappointment, Lord, I could not see your face, 
I couldn't thank you for the answer, but Lord, I'll thank you for the grace. I'll thank you for the grace you give just to go another mile. I'll thank you for the strength I feel as I face this bitter trial. Though this valley seems so long that I'll never leave this place, but I can't thank you for the answer. Lord, I'll thank you for the grace. Great depths of love we cannot know while on the mountaintops. You see, it's in the struggles of our days we learn to trust in God. And through all my many heartaches here as I run my earthly race, when I can't thank you for the answer, Lord, I'll thank you for the grace. Hallelujah to his name. Let's stand. Father, thank you for what you've done. Lord, I pray.